Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Welcome back to the uh, Six Rings Canes show here. We've got a little special little special edition here joined by none other than the uh, Eric McLean from the ACC Huddle over on ESPN. Thank you so much for joining us again. I mean, look, this is the second time we have you on, and I think this time we did it right, right? We've waited till after the game <laughs> so we can trash talk a little bit. We That's can right. Very smart. Very you know smart. what I mean? So, Because, you know, I, I wasn't going to call you on Sunday and let you know if we had lost the game. I was like, oh, sure. I'm not talking to Eric yet. <laughs> no, I'm just Boy, I out, appreciate man. it. Thank you uh, for, for having me, man. Always great. To talk with y'all in the Canes, man. Hey, we were joking about it uh, before we came on. You, you just, you know, you, we thought we knew, and then we don't know. And now going forward, man, who the heck knows what these guys are going to look like. But there's talent. I think there's promise. And uh, the, the, I'm excited about this foundation, especially when I look at these young guys, man, that uh, that, that Coach Cristobal and this staff have brought in, Ruben Bain in particular. I mean, just a. I mean, he's a freak, man, on and off the field, just a, a really solid dude. So I'm excited about the Canes, man. I'm excited where y'all are going. Well, we appreciate that. I know it's, uh, you know, this year has been kind of crazy, especially with, yeah. you know, with everything that's been that's been going on recently. And now you've got some, you know, look, every, every team goes through this. They start getting hit by the injury bug. Uh, you've got some of the top players out. And, uh, you know, coming in to play a team like Clemson where they've got, one of the best, you know, uh, you know, defensive lines, one of the best offensive lines in the country. Yeah, you kind of, you, you kind of go in and say, well, now you don't, you don't have the starting quarterback. You don't have TBD. You're missing two running backs. Yeah. Uh, you know, are they going to be able to kind of hold up and be able to sustain four quarters of big boy football? Cause at the end of the day, that, that game was one in the trenches, right? If you sure. ask me. And so, uh, you know, I was excited to see that Miami was able to pull that off against a really good team. I think a lot of people are down on Clemson this year, and Vish mentions it all the time. He says, "This, I mean, this team is not – they're no slouch. This is a right. really good football team. They've had a couple of things not go their way. They've got a kid kicking kicking from Wall Street. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's – yeah, it's, Made it's every not, kick it's, on Saturday. It's, it's a case thing, man. No one misses field goals against Miami. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm telling you, unless you're FSU in the 90s. But anyway, I digress. It's the 80s, um, man. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, 80s too, whatever. Early 90s, um, early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so it was, it was still a tough, a really tough game. Obviously, Miami. You know, at, at the end of the day, they they played a solid game in the trenches. They yeah. ran the ball for over 200 yards, um, and you needed to do that when you're starting Emory Williams as a, a freshman quarterback against such a really good team. I, I kind of wanted to get your take, number one, on you know what you saw that impressed you from Emory but also just all around from that Miami football team. Yeah, I'll start with the the all around there because I think everything you just said is uh, is exactly right. I mean, the, the trenches was owned by Miami. The trenches were dominated by Miami offensive and defensively. And, you know, it's something that I, I you know really expected a couple of weeks ago when we were in Miami for that Georgia Tech game and, and a team that, 
man, they were giving up like 240 a game on the ground. And I thought Miami was just going to eat and, and just kill those guys up front. And for whatever reason, that they weren't able to, to do that. In this game, I thought there was no way. You know, I thought, okay, Clemson's going to stone them up front. They're going to force to be throwing the ball. Oh, now there's this freshman coming in. It's not going to go well. And that was not the case. I mean, that offensive line was nasty. And they were just killing guys off the line of scrimmage, blowing guys backwards, getting to the second, you know, kind of level there and getting to those linebackers. And I've just been really impressed with, you know, that group all year and the way that they've meshed together. You, know, you got a handful of transfers in there. You got a true freshman right tackle in Francis Maui Noah that is just sick. I mean, that guy's so good. Um, and, and they came together and really got it done. Uh, you know, so for me, that was a, a super impressive part. And then on the other side, on the defensive line of scrimmage, uh, my goodness, I mean, to hold Clemson to 31 yards rushing um, on 34 carries. I mean, that's crazy. I know sack yards are into that, and there was five or six sacks, whatever. Uh, but that that was very impressive to me to see that overall effort, how they were able to shut it down, uh, you know, uh, there. And and Ruben Bain looked like a, the number one overall pick. I mean, this guy's throwing offensive linemen, getting after Cage, sack fumble, should have been a safety as well uh, that was in there. I mean, I don't, I don't know how the refs missed that. I was going to ask you about um, that. What What is – people in Miami are confused now as to what a safety is because that, right. that, that felt the like – The world was... is. The world is confused. And, and – <laughs> I mean, I've heard people blaming it on, you know, there's no pylon cam, whatever. Listen, I I was there. I saw it clear as day. I know everyone in the world saw it clear as day. I don't know. I don't know. So that was a safety. There, there's no way around it. Um, I guess thanks for, for you know, <laughs> keeping us in it, whatever. Um, but it, it was great to see, man. And then, and then to kind of address Emery really quick, um, he, he – adapted so well in that game because the first half was was way too fast for him you know things were happening very quickly the speed of Clemson uh kind of you know they weren't showing him a lot of crazy things they weren't really changing it which I thought was a little absurd and, and kind of a silly strategy there but you know the game was very fast and then you saw it you saw it slow down and he's going to Kobe Young who had an amazing game throwing it up uh getting it to his guys Restrepo as always um and just feeding those guys and I thought his second half was amazing and especially overtime and whatever so very impressed uh I, I think this was pretty close to the picture perfect way Mario Cristobal would want to win a football game dominating those trenches maybe a little bit more efficient throwing the football but very impressed man with with what the Canes were able to do and a massive win a massive brand win recruiting win uh for, for the Hurricanes and keeping their keeping their uh you know their, their that drive alive uh potentially getting to Charlotte so um, you mentioned uh, potentially getting to Charlotte for the Canes. I, I obviously this is a Miami show, but a little question on on, on your your boys in Clemson. So where do you think they are? Because right? they're used to competing for forget ACC. They're used to competing sure. for national championships, and yeah. the ACC even is gone at this point. And the way it happened too, I mean, you could easily look at all three of those games and say, how are we not undefeated? Right. <laughs> so so instead, you know, so what? Do you, how do you think Clemson responds coming out of, of taking another it's three really gut-wrenching losses? Yeah, they, they've certainly got a decision to make um, because I, I could see this team maybe winning six games. I could see them not losing a game the rest of the season. I mean, it, it's been so bizarre how hit or miss these guys are, how inconsistent they've been. The turnovers is baffling. I mean, they have had – I think four or five, uh, you know, first downs within the three yard line that equated to zero points. I mean, that that's 
that's crazy. You talk about block field goals, fumbles. Uh, I mean, it's it's been the most bizarre thing that I've ever seen, and I can't remember ever, you know, seeing something of that nature, especially when I was playing. Um, the lost fumbles, 10, most in, in the world, uh, is insane. I mean, the lack of attention to detail, protecting the football, um, poor decision-making from the quarterback at times has been really, really uh, impactful in a negative way for the Clemson Tigers. Now, there have been flashes of brilliance. I mean, they're, even in this, I mean, it's 50-50. Is, is it going to be unbelievable, great, unbe- unbelievably bad? I mean, that, that's where he is. There really is no middle ground right now for Clemson, which is is, is just really kind of baffling at the end of the day. But to answer your question, I don't know. I, I don't know who's going to show up. I don't know who's going to be consistent uh, or, or when they're going to play to their best. So th- this is a uh, a very frustrating team uh, if you're a Clemson Tiger fan to, to watch this year. Yeah, I was muted there. I totally forgot I was. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, kind of getting to that too, do you think it's maybe, look, at the end of the day, there aren't guys like, you know, you, you don't have guys like the um, you know, the Pharaohs of the world on defense or or some, you know, the Mullins and, and, and all these guys, the Simmons on, on defense. And then on the other side of the football, you know, you, you used to have explosive guys like Etienne and Lawrence and so on. And, and the list goes on and on and on. It's a little bit different this year as far as having those elite, elite, elite athletes. You still got some really good players. I mean, that kid Brenning Stool is really good. Cave Klubnik was the number one quarterback coming out. So, I mean, you still got a lot of talented guys. Obviously, Will Shipley and Mafa, those are, are really talented guys. But it's a little bit different this year. Uh, you think that that's kind of played into how, um, you know, they've been able to finish games, first of all, or or make those tough plays down the stretch that kind of get them the W instead? Yeah, I, I certainly think that um... – you know, the rest of the ACC is, is caught up a bit and maybe even surpassed in, in certain circumstances. And when you look at talent and when you look at the the balanced playing field that might exist there, um, you know, from that aspect and, and really, quite frankly, lack of explosion from Clemson. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins ain't out there, right? You know, <laughs> Travis Etienne isn't out there. You know, those guys that you mentioned now, those are, in my opinion, generational. I mean, it is fascinating that Clemson had this decade – uh, you know, uh, of dominance where they had unbelievable recruits, right? It, it, and pe- guys that I played with, um, just freaky. And, and that's it's it's rare that it all happened kind of at the same time, right? Because some of that is, is kind of, you know, sprinkled throughout history. But no, th- this these guys all showed up at once. And uh, the things that, that we were able to accomplish that the teams after me were able to accomplish uh, w- was certainly impressive. But yeah, I, th- I think that is a bit of a problem. You know, when you when you don't have that explosive nature, you don't have a guy that can necessarily just take it over the top. I mean, th- there was no question at any point that we wanted to throw the ball deep to Sammy. We felt confident that we could do that uh, and, and really, you know, make him a, a game changer. I don't know who that guy is for this team. It's been a revolving door. You know, Tyler Brown has stepped up in certain games. The truth, Brenningstool went crazy against you know you guys this past weekend. Antonio Williams, um, you know, went, went healthy, which hasn't been a lot this year has been able to do some certain things. So I think the the lack of consistency from that aspect as well, of just having a true guy, a dog, a number one type wide receiver, um, at least at this point right now, is, is hurt Clemson. Um, and then that home run speed, like you said. I mean, Will Shipley is, is an amazing athlete, and I love watching that dude and honestly can't even imagine where Clemson would be without him these last three years. I mean, he has won them a lot of football games with the way that he plays and the things that he does. But – He's not Travis Etienne. He he does not have that, 
you know, home run, touch it at any moment, who knows what's going to happen type of speed. Um, and obviously Clemson had a lot of success with that for four years with Travis. So, you know, I, I think it is interesting. Um, now the guys that they've recruited, the guys they have coming in next certainly have a little bit more of that. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see, does that translate? Cause I'm sure everyone does in high school, but you know, can it, can it coordinate and translate to the next level? We, we will see. So, yeah. So, you know, there are some parallels to Miami from a little bit back where just not quite as explosive. Like after sure. we come out, you know, came out of like the early 2000s where like everyone's an NFL player on right. the edges. And then <laughs> first round pick. You know, that, yeah. NFL yeah. Pick. And that, that li- <laughs> yeah, that, that little drop off makes a huge difference just oh, yeah. in terms of the elite oh, yeah. level talent. Um, but circling back to, to Miami. So we, we tend to have a reactionary fan base. Um, and uh, you guys, and, and, yeah, I'm not, I know I'm breaking news <laughs> here. Um, so I think, I think Jazz and I are on, on very, have a very strong opinion on this. But of course, you know, Emory Williams was a starting quarterback on, on Saturday when the team won. So we, we started getting questions. Well, they're not going to actually go back to TBD, are they? Can you just, can you just like put this to bed? Because obviously, I mean, I love Jazz and I are like 100% like, this is TBD's team. What are we even talking yeah. about? But, yeah. No, um, I, I don't think there's any question with that. Um, If he's healthy, he's the guy, right? And I don't know the extent of the injury. We were down there and I, I still don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know what to believe or what not to believe. You know, it's, it's, you know, CIA, top secret, everything. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you talk about injuries with all these coaches uh, for whatever reason. But yeah, if, if Tyler's healthy, he, he's going to be the guy. And, and Emory, again, like I said, picked it up and, and looked good, but I don't quite know if he's ready to be the guy right now. Like, I, I still would love for him to learn and absorb all that, you know, kind of communication and, and you know, understanding of the offense and, and especially defenses, speed of the game, um, all these different things. If he can sit there and learn behind, you know, a, a great player, a fantastic player in Tyler Van Dyke, I think that's the the best way moving forward and where you feel really good if, if Tyler leaves, if he comes back, whatever, uh, for, for next year. Um, but yeah, Tyler's special, man. I, I think that, you know, obviously people get pissed off. They, they look at the, the first five games, they look at the last couple of games and you see the differentiator there with, with the, you know, pretty much no turnovers to, to five and five with touchdowns to, to pick ratio there. Um, but what he can do in this offense, I mean, his skill set is elite. Um, and I, I think there's no question he gives you the best chance to win every game if he's healthy and if he can go. And I'm glad glad you said that because because I think we tend to take him for granted because we're so right. used to it's a bit sturdier starting you're kind of right. you become part of the scenery and anytime there's <laughs> any kind of drop off you're like well I mean right. this is this isn't working <laughs> what's next anymore. what's over there <laughs> yeah and, and and you know I brought this up on the show that we we do last night we do Monday night shows um just you know Emory Williams played a great game for a true freshman starting yes. his first game. Exactly. If Tyler Van Dyke had played that game, you would have stormed the field to pull right. him off. Right. So, right. 100%. So, so it's just kind of you know, context matters. No, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and again, he he's going to be solid, right? He's going to be a really good player. I, I love all of his answers, right? He came up with us, to, you know, at the huddle after the game, and you know, just the the way that he recognized everybody else, the way that you know he leaned into that relationship with him and Tyler, and and. You know, he's asking him questions every day, every play. Like, what did you see? And I'm sure they they had an amazing film session together going through this game. And, you know, to see them celebrate together after the game, too. I mean, how powerful was that? And, and the joy that, you know, we should all have for each other when you have success. And, you know, to have that, you know, kind of bond and relationship was was really cool. So no question in, in my mind that, that the future is bright. 
Um, but right now, as you guys think, TVD is, is your guy for sure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, really quick before we get you out of here, uh, Eric, uh, as we got Eric McLean on, on the show here on the Six Rings Canes from uh, the ACC huddle over on ESPN. Uh, moving forward, right, this team, we obviously see how talented the Miami Hurricanes team is on both sides of the football. Uh, they've got their deficiencies. They've got their issues. And I think that that's more it, – it's very correctable. But at the same time, I think this team needs to play really good football uh, moving, you know, from, from now on. Um, and, and, and they need to make a little bit of a statement, not only in the ACC but in college football, to kind of, you know, to kind of cement themselves as a team that's going to be around for, you know, for many years now, kind of, you know, I don't want to say the U is back. That is by by no means what I'm trying to say. But just to kind of, you know, make themselves heard again in college football. And we all know that college football is more exciting when, when teams like Miami and USC and FSU and all these teams are, are, are back in the mix. You see what's going on with FSU now. But um, speaking of that, right, is this Miami team good enough, you think, Emac, to – kind of run the table now in the rest of the ACC and, and regular season play, make it to Charlotte and, and potentially be one of those teams that can kind of make some noise. I don't want to say in the playoffs, but uh, maybe spoil some, some other teams playoff run, AKA FSU. Uh, how do you see this, you know, how, how do you see this, <laughs> this team from, from, from here on out kind of, uh, you know, playing out the rest of the season? Hey, Jazz, just ask the question, dog. You ain't got to beat around the bush. Just ask me about Florida State. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. <laughs> trying to be politically correct. Here. I should I Throw should all better. that out. Throw all that out. Um, here's the deal, man. I think there's no question that that game is a, a war, right? Like, it, it, and this year, you know, if, if the Canes take care of business these next two weeks, like I think they should and, and absolutely can, that game's going to be juiced up. Probably game day everybody's going to want to see it. And, uh, you know, what What can the Canes do? How much energy can they put in that game? Because it's elite, man. And, and I remember back and talking with Coach and talking with EJ, uh, you know, just about those wars. And obviously Coach Rick has a you know unique perspective on it because he's been on both sides, right? He's double agent. You know, he, he's working for everybody uh, involved there. It, it, it is one of the best games in college football, man. And, and so – you know, it's going to be fascinating to see, can, can you play at a consistent level? Can you stay healthy and can you be ready, you know, for a game of that caliber? Now, I think Florida State is one of the best teams in the country. I think they can easily play for a national championship, but throw it all out in that game because, you know, it, it's a rivalry like no other. Uh, it, I don't care what the records are. I don't care about anything. It, it's going to come to the, down to the last second. Miami will have to play a perfect game to win. Like they have so many answers they have so many things that they do offensively, um, and then and then of course the the athletes that they have on on defense. But I do think that the Canes can can match that energy, you know, and and match that with their big offensive line. If they can control the clock, it's cliche to say, but it comes down to a turnover probably. It comes down to who can protect the ball, who can take it away, who can steal an extra possession. I can't wait to see it, man. It, it's going to be absolute fireworks. 
Well, whether we get the calls or not, but ne- never mind. I'm sorry. I <laughs> can, can we get a safety? <laughs> it's a safety. That might come down to that. It might come down Jeez. to that. Just having Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech PPSD. Yeah, can we have like a neutral, a neutral, uh, you know, referee group there? Is that what we want? Is that what we want? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'd be nice if, you know, when the players down. Maybe from like the fumble. CFL or something. <laughs> Anything. Like um, I do have um, actually. I do have one one more question because yeah, we, we do it. have have the authority on on ACC football here with us. Um, explain this conference. Like, I think Florida State is even if even if Miami goes in there and wins, and Tallahassee sure. is probably still going to end up in Charlotte. Explain what's happened behind them because, like, I mean, we're at the, we we were we were ten. Obviously, we we cover Miami, so we're at the Miami George, uh Miami uh, Clemson game, but we're watching that Virginia North Carolina score go across. <laughs> Like, is that the same North Carolina team I saw beat right. the brakes off of Miami last right. week? Like, what is right? Can you, who do you, I mean, I'm not going to hold you to this because it's impossible to predict at this For point, sure. but who, who's going to take that second spot in, in Charlotte? And can, how do you explain this conference? It feels like yeah. every week is just a, a curveball. <laughs> I'm going to start with that because I can honestly sit here and say I have no idea. I have no clue who the second team, you know, is going to be. And I, I do think it's, it's wide open, you know, which is exciting because, uh, you know, we, we want the best team. I, I don't want it to be over and, you know, the start of November. I, I want it to be a fight to get there and, and to somebody have to really earn that thing. And, and two teams, who knows what will happen the rest of the year here. But, you know, looking at that North Carolina game, man, it, it's uh, it's just typical, right? It's what UNC does. You know, they get to a certain point and then they self-implode. And, you know, I, I think that it was really overlooking Virginia, not giving them the respect that they deserve. Um and that's unfortunate. And you saw the crowd. I mean, the crowd, even their own, you know, media members are, are calling Carolina fans saying, what, what are y'all doing? Like, where are, this is a top 10 team in the country at home, and there's nobody there. Uh, and, and so, you know, a little bit disappointed from that aspect as well. Um, but they just got punched in the mouth. I mean, Virginia ran their outside zone. North Carolina couldn't do anything to stop it. And, and Virginia, for a season high against a, a Power 5 opponent, had rushed for like 117 yards. Well, they went for 250 against UNC. And, I mean, it, it's just – it was bizarre. And there was nothing they can do. Offense was out of sync. Guys dropping balls. They totally abandoned the run in the second half when they had a substantial lead and could have probably just, you know, kind of ground and pound away to a W. Uh, so so just a weird game uh, that at the end of the day, North Carolina didn't deserve to win, and they didn't. Um, so when you look at that, it, it's obviously confusing – then you got a Pittsburgh team that beats undefeated Louisville just coming off of a Notre Dame tail whipping, and then they lose to Wake Forest, who I had as, as the bottom of the barrel in the ACC. So the, the thing I will say about this conference, man, is that the, the, the level of play has risen significantly in the last two, three years. And if you don't show up and if you don't respect who you're playing, you're going to lose. Like it's not one of those things where you walk in and, oh, man, it's Georgia Tech. Oh, man, it's Boston College. Oh, it's so-and-so. We got this. They will beat you. You know what I'm saying? They will get you. And uh, you, you've got to give their full respect and full attention. And uh, I think that is encouraging, and that's fun, uh, because that's not the case across the country. You look at the Big Ten, that league is not great, man. They got three teams that just blow through everybody uh, and everyone else kind of just you know scoring 10 points a game down there at the bottom. Uh, not not too fun to watch. And, and so I, I think it's a privilege for us to have these type of teams uh, they obviously went out of conference in the early part of the season and dominated. We've got another shot at the end of the year, uh, that rivalry week in particular, where we need our teams to go out of conference and get big dubs, and of course in bowl season as well. 
And I, I just also add, like, kudos to the ACC for dumping the divisions because that has created right. a lot of. Because if it was <laughs> yes. still like the Atlantic and the Coastal, it would would not be as open as it is now, and it's added right. a lot of excitement to, no to those question. two teams yeah. going to Charlotte. And yeah, now you add three more teams. Now you add three more teams next week, next year. That's that, right. Uh, you know, Cal, SMU, and Stanford. So we'll see. We'll see how that how that works out. It's Red Lashley's crazy, back, you know? baby. Our guy yeah, he's he back. I know. It's, the, it's, the SMU Hurricanes. The SMU Hurricanes <laughs> over there. So that's it's unbelievable. Right. Oh, man. Eric, um, Eric, man, it's been a pleasure, uh, as always, always uh, to kind of have you on. Hopefully. Both wow, he almost got he almost got through the whole thing again, without totally without. Dude, you, you're locked up there, man. <laughs> you, you, you're locked up like Mario Mangi. We got right, right to the uh, end. We got, we got right right to the end, <laughs> and then like your your parking garage thing locked up, and uh, you know couldn't manage uh, the last minute. You're a true uh, hurricane there. You just mismanaged last minute. I, I, hey, yeah, look, I'm gonna blood, take a know? knee here. I appreciate you guys. Love y'all. Always appreciate y'all having me on. All right. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.